Thanks for joining us again. This is Barry Kazire. Get ready for some real live marketing. Are you a small business owner that is confused over your accounting records? Accounting by Art can help you eliminate this confusion with a free initial one-to-one consultation. Art offers QuickBooks training seminars covering both QuickBooks desktop and QuickBooks online, as well as addressing your specific needs and questions. Visit accountingbyart.com and set up your free consultation today. Hey, this is Barry Kazire, and welcome back to Real Live Marketing. Hey, so today my guest is a writer, a musician. He does it all. I'm going to let him tell you a little bit about himself. He's an author. You definitely want to check out his stuff, you know, but without any further ado, I want to get right to it. Stick around right after the show. I'm going to tell you, give you some tips. We're going to be talking about copywriting today, and I'm going to give you a couple tools you can use that you can find online that might help you to find the right word and and that type of thing. So uh, stick around right after the show. I'm going to give you a few of those tools. And without any further ado, here we go with some real live marketing. Feeling lost with accounting, bookkeeping, or payroll for your small business? Accounting by Art offers a free one-on-one consultation for the state of your business. Art Stump has years of experience helping small business owners with their accounting needs. He also offers QuickBooks training seminars covering both QuickBooks desktop and QuickBooks online, as well as addressing your specific needs and questions. Seminar participants also get a free one-hour office visit after the class to be sure their QuickBook issues are solved to their satisfaction. Mention this ad at your consultation and get 10% off initial services when you sign up and pay for your first month. Visit accountingbyart.com today and get started. Thank you for joining us, Bob. I appreciate it. You bet, Barry. Uh, So uh, why don't we start off, if you would, uh, introduce yourself and tell our audience a little bit about who you are, your history, what you do. Sure, sure. And uh, and as I said before we hit the record button, it's great to actually do a podcast where I'm sitting in the same room with the interviewer. Usually it's over Skype or by the phones. So this is this is nice to be, actually have a real live conversation yeah. in the 3D world. Uh, so yeah, my name is Bob Baker and we're recording this in St. Louis, Missouri, which has been my hometown for my entire life, born and raised here. Uh, and basically there are two things that sort of go back um, to my childhood to grade school that was an interest in music and an interest in the written word these were things that I did outside of school I just hadn't was naturally drawn to both of these disciplines and I'm lucky that I've I've found ways to combine them the first time I did that I published a uh, a local music newspaper called Spotlight Magazine here in St. Louis that covered the local music scene. I did that for 10 years. That was my first time sort of combining those two things and I became a a journalist of my own making. 
here in St. Louis. And then during that period, I had, uh, because I published my own uh, magazine, I had access to interview a lot of people. A lot of people sought me out for exposure. And so I would interview all these different artists at different levels of success. And I found myself picking their brains as a curious musician myself. How did you succeed? What, how'd you get, how did you achieve these different levels of success? And those things ended up being in columns that I would write in my own paper. Then I started doing like live workshops or putting together panels of uh, experts. Um, and that led to my first book being published in the early 90s. Then I got online on the internet in like the mid 90s. So I was celebrating like 25, 20, no, what, no, what, 21 years of being online. So I got online early on. That's great. And it's been spreading my message and been self employed for much of my adult life. But like 12 years ago, I, I quit the last day job that I ever planned on working for someone else. And have been, uh, and, you know, knock on wood, been self-employed ever since, primarily publishing books and other information products related to music marketing, which is my main topic for 20 plus years. Um, also, I have resources for authors on how to promote and sell books. And then I have this new sort of area and more of a, a widen the net to include um, resources for creative people of all types to like, inspire them to do more with their art and their creativity and make more of an impact and maybe even make a living. That's, so that's great. Kind of like a, a nutshell. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, if we have any musicians that are listening or I mean artists and or anybody who wants to write a book, those are some great resources. Where, where can they find them? Well, yeah. So there's I have many URLs. The the main portal to all things Bob Baker related is Bob hyphen Baker. You can call it a hyphen or a dash, but there's a little dash in the middle. Uh, Bob dash Baker dot com will uh, list all the various categories, and you can click on the one that interests you. It'll take you to the website for that specific information. Perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. And they can find out more about you too. That's great. Absolutely. You've got workshops that you do as well on improv, comedy, yeah. uh, etc. So I'm yeah, I'm involved in a lot of areas of the arts. So music and and, and, and writing are the two kind of longest running ones. But I also, yeah, I, I, uh, I teach and perform improv comedy, which I've been doing off and on for 30 years. Really got back into it lately and I do monthly shows and you know two or three times a month I'm teaching classes just having a blast I mean it's a, a real source of fun and I also do some visual art and painting and do like celebrity like pop art portraits so I got so those are like the four main areas of creativity and I know a lot of people are lucky if they even have the time to, or energy to invest into one of those things and I, I do it in four so I'm a little crazy in that way but it's great I yeah. see your stuff on Facebook all the time and it looks like it's a lot of fun mm -hmm. so that, well that's great so you're going to talk to us today about the written word which is what you sell but also what you've used to promote what you've done over right. the years and, and the internet before like you mentioned uh, before uh, the show that before YouTube and Pinterest and right. all these other things, we there was a you know, written word was where it was at. Yeah, it was the dark ages. So yeah, when I got <laughs> online in, in the mid nineties, I mean all I had I had an email account. It was it would it would it wasn't until the late nineties that I even had my own website. So I was and, and back then, yeah, there was, like you said, there was no, I think MP3s and audio didn't even really come around until like 2000 or something. Um, except I remember the only, the main audio back then was you heard the, the, that guy on AOL going, you've got mail. That was right. like the extent of, of audio. Um, high tech. Exactly. And so the, my, the main mode of communication online or digitally was the written word. And it was, and as I mentioned, it was something that I was already had an interest in. I was already publishing my own newspaper and articles. And so I, I have, I basically have a, a gift in that area of, of, of writing just from having done it for so, for so long. So my main strategy early on, and again, I mean, I didn't think 
of myself as a pioneer like back in those days but looking back people will will give me that label because I was kind of early on in the development of the, the the internet but for one thing email just right off the bat said oh my god I can reach people without printing and postage you know <laughs> I can deliver my message I don't have to print it I don't have to hand it to them I can deliver it to their inbox and back then people were actually excited I remember like right. when I first got an AOL account it was like oh god, you know that you got mail thing was an exciting thing oh who's kind of who's contacting me now <laughs> of course now it's a different story sure. <laughs> we're all overwhelmed by it but um but I so I saw that immediately and then um I also never obsessed about like, you know, I had aspirations to publish a book, uh, but I never really obsessed with getting a publisher or going in any of those traditional routes. That whole like cut out the middlemen, go right to the end user, which they now in the music business, they call that direct to fan. I don't know how, I guess in other, it's, I don't, there's probably other terms in other areas of, of uh, business. But so I figured I, re I don't really, I don't want to impress librarians or bookstores. I want to uh, I want to reach the end user, the musicians who were struggling with how do I market myself? And here I had all these I these ideas and uh, resources that they that they could use that people found helpful. So I realized that if I could basically share and spread little chunks of my advice with people, kind of bring them into my world, if I can get somebody to read a small sample of what I've written and they go, oh, wow, that was really good. That was, I can, and if they could do something that was useful that either made them think about music marketing differently or they was something they could put into practice and get a, a quick result from, then I knew that I would be top of mind. Right. Um, and that they would, that would uh, basically, uh, they be, become fans or followers. And back then, uh, uh, at the end of every article, I didn't, didn't have a website to send them to, but I had my, my email address at the end of every article saying, if you want to get uh, my on Bob's like free, I think back then I called it the Music Success Resource Guide. Uh, and I later uh, I bought the, the domain name The Buzz Factor, which is a term that people use like when a band, like everybody's yeah, talking about a band, right. and they have The Buzz Factor. Yeah. And so I, I made that my sort of a, my, my URL when I did get a website later. Um, so, but I was I was collecting emails and building an email list right off the bat. It just made sense, and now that's, and I guess that, but that wasn't the common thing to do. That's awesome. That's <laughs> smart. Yeah. Still, even to this day, people are like, oh, I had so much trouble to collect the emails, and it's it's, cra it's crazy. We I teach classes on I mean, a couple things with regards to what you said. I mean, I know that you've practiced a lot at writing, and I think that the the guys in the audience might be intimidated by writing in general. Mm -hmm. But what I think what they need to do is just write. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's how they're going to get good at it. And that's how you get good at it. It is, yeah. I definitely spent a lot of years, like, like what I, and, and I, I often dive into things, all about the creative things that I do. I initially dove into them with no previous knowledge. Like, I had no business publishing my own newspaper because I had never written for the school paper, right. never took journalism classes. I'd written stories on my own. I thought, hey, this would be fun. And those, that first year, it was kind of ugly. <laughs> people reporting out typos and but I learned basically by just putting it out there sure. and it's like the whole the, the software mode of uh, what do you call it pivot or you or you learn and, and put out version 2.0 and then you know whatever and so I just got better is from years of doing it um, however and I know even though writing is the main mode um, I would say that e that each individual has to decide for themselves what their strongest communication mode, Tool or yet, because some people are not good writers, and they, and they just don't aren't intimidated by it, as you said. But maybe they're good extemporaneous speakers. Or sure. Maybe they're comfortable. Some people are really great on a camera. Some well, people are great podcasting, like yeah. we're doing. Well, Gary Vanderchuk, he he basically wrote all his books uh, by speaking them. 
he's oh, right. but he he recorded his books and he's okay. a he's a social media guru we'll put a link to his website in the show notes as well as a link to yeah. yours but um but the uh he basically spoke his books and then right. gave it to an editor which we do we do that for people we edit their copy and their look bigger small right. copy and um yeah i mean that's how he wrote his books and, and new york times bestseller and even before he got a book deal, and I know a bit about Gary because I've been following him too. I don't know him personally, but he, so his family ran this wine yeah. uh, store in right. New Jersey or something, or, right. or somewhere in the, on the East Coast. And so he, uh, uh, he, he, he became like the marketing person. He did everything in the store, but he wasn't not a very, very good writer, but he started this thing called, wasn't it? Li- wine, wine library. Library. Wine library. Yeah. And so he, for years, he posted these videos of, uh, of, of basically reviewing the wines yeah. and he did it in a very like unlikely way. It's funny. <laughs> it's yeah. like a very like an urban or gritty, you know, it wasn't the typical wine connoisseur. And so his mode was video and he just, he just hammered it home for years and got this huge following. And then that led to him being kind of a social media expert and then the book deals and all that. But see, yeah, right. and other people like we met, like we talked about before we started recording is a guy named John Lee Dumas. Who has a podcast called Entrepreneur on Fire? You may have right. talked about it. Yeah. Before his mode was audio. He he decided that he was going to post a new episode every day. Every day. <laughs> and so and so there's so it, it's like I'm not saying that writing is for everyone. Sure. But whatever that communication mode is that you are good at, that you're drawn to, that you can and you can commit to doing on a regular basis, choose that uh, that mode. Figure out what the what the best platform is. For it or best website, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> thank you, <laughs> <laughs> and then just but hammer it home and be dedicated to it. I guess that's another. Uh, well, it's not a tool; it's more of a trait. But I think I I was just I've been committed to this for years on end, just getting you know articles out, regular emails, and I did eventually podcast and get YouTube videos and um, and also too. But I can just consistently been cranking out content. That's great. And that's what you have to do. You have to be in it for the long haul for it to start to for it to stick. It's very very true. I you know, and and you can always get those things transcribed because I mean the written word's pretty valuable as far as like Google's concerned. Right. You know, because that's what they can index. Mm-hmm. And so the more content you can add to your website, the better. And then, you know, if you can't do it yourself, you can always hire somebody or record it and get it edited. I mean, emails uh, apparently has that still has the highest return on investment it is of, yeah. uh, of all types of online marketing um you know your website depends on it for for that i mean being an, a published author is extremely valuable because you get exposure then on amazon well, and, right and all, right. And all and that you yeah. have credibility associated with writing your own book so all and, of those all those points are pretty fantastic yeah and having been at this for over 20 years i mean i've seen a lot of changes in the in the, in the landscape and i will admit that email is not, I mean, it's the open rates and the effectiveness of it aren't what they once were for me. And, and that's, that's pretty much across the board. Everybody sure. re- reports that yeah. they're not getting, however, it still outperforms things you post on Facebook or right. any, it's still, it still is greatly more impactful. So I have not given up on it yet. That's how we send out these podcasts, you know, and yeah. part of it is we teach people how to, when speaking of writing, how to write a decent subject line. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And if you've got good content in your email, then people will keep coming back. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah, because so, we because that because 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 writing. Yeah. So I'm writing basically the writing I've been talking about thus far is basically little chunks of my advice as as sort of similar to what, how they would appear in the books. But there's a whole other art form of the marketing copywriting. Or, or it's called copywriting, but it's another form of writing where you're describing what they're going to get out of your product or your service, and that involves the headline on a web page, the subject line in an email list, the opening sentence. You know, and it's a lot of even like fiction writing techniques of pulling people in and sure. grabbing them, telling stories. Um, there's all these things that I've just given a lot of thought and practice to over the years. And I, I know a lot of the normal person probably doesn't obsess over. Right. Um, but if you even spend a little bit of time with it, you can get better at that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Even the typesetting is important. You know, like when we're speaking mm -hmm. of writing, the, the way it's laid out on a page is, is important to pull people through the copy, to give them proper right. headlines and subheadlines so that they... So they look for those days because people scan. You know, oh, these right, days right. people do a lot of scanning and they, they hopefully can catch one of those points, catch them with one of those headlines or subheadlines, and then suck them in and get them to read the whole thing. Right. Bullet points and bolding certain lines that are, that are they're important. But even like something as simple, I still get emails from either organizations or from people, and the subject line will read something like April newsletter. You know, as opposed to the May newsletter, <laughs> and it's just so you got to put a little bit more in there, something yeah. enticing. And I actually wrote a blog post lately about how to. It was called "How to Get Your Emails Opened and Read," okay. and there was some advice from Joe Vitale, who I had inter interviewed. He's a well-known author, uh, and uh, he basically said that you have to either ask a question or make a statement where the answer, like it doesn't quite give the the answer. Like guess guess I don't know, like something like oh, uh, like from for a band, it might be. Um, Look what got us banned in Nashville or, or something. So you're not saying what it was. They have to open yeah. the email to find out. And you have to deliver on it. You can't trick people into thinking, you know, it has to be relevant. to you create a mystery. Right. Basically, because people got to stick to a mystery. And I don't know if they call it cognitive dissonance, but it's like, it's almost like that thing that happens when you're trying to think of somebody's name. It's on the tip of your tongue and like you can't think of anything else until you figure it out. Right. It's almost like one of those things like, oh, I got to, I got to open it just to relieve this tension of not knowing what that thing is. We know? all love a mystery. Yeah. You know? It's like it pulls us right in. Mystery novels right. are like important, you know, so you create that mystery with your subject line. We, I do a whole section of my talk on how to write a better subject line. Like for instance, Joe's Pet Store Newsletter. Okay, that's boring. <laughs> right. But uh, but help your dog beat the heat. Mm. Now that's interesting. Yeah. Or something like um, you know uh, instead of um, you know for the Habitat for Humanity, you know sending out their thing about you know March newsletter is really boring. But uh, Saturday need three hammers. You know, uh -huh. can you help? Now that's interesting. What are they doing? You know, now I'm curious. What's right. going on? Yeah, yeah. So that's perfect. Subject lines are really important. Absolutely, and I and I also love getting into the like the psychology of say, like we just started talking about that that cognitive. Like you feel compelled to have to open it up. It's like but the psychology of consumers and and why people buy and why they're drawn to certain things and not others. Um, I just find that fascinating. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's a little geeky maybe on right. <laughs> the psychological side, but the more I delve into it, it makes me a better copywriter, a better writer. Um, and I can deliver more impactful value to the people who follow me. You know? Yeah, yeah. There's a uh, there's a book there's a book on it that I recommend. It's like the the old basic basic book on the subject of A B testing called Scientific Advertising oh. by Claude Hopkins. Oh my, that's an old one. Yeah. That's an old one. Old like book. Hundred years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. It's about hundred years old or something. Almost going to get in there. 
Yeah. Uh, but we'll put that in the show notes too, because with subject lines, you can even test or, or with copy within your website, you can test different bits of copy or different subject lines. Right. And so I'm sure you do plenty of that. Well, actually, that, I was just having a conversation with somebody the other other day where, uh, you know, we all have our, have our areas where we excel and others. And, and admittedly, in the measurement and the, all the that type of thing and testing, I have not I don't, I haven't done as much as I as I could or should should have so uh, that's probably shot me in the foot a little a little a little bit I go more on instinct but uh, but however I, I recommend if you can do it to test sure. yeah. and and yeah and with that yeah the, with the a b testing you have like one is called the control right where that's it's like the it's it's the one you've been using and you know what the what the what the conversion rate is on that page and then you change like one element it could be the headline it could be even the color of the headline sure. the photo that's 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 used and then you send people to the same URL and it sends half the traffic to one with the old one half traffic to the to the new one and then you compare and then if you get a better result from the new one mm-hmm. it becomes the new control right then you test another element I mean I, I know that I've read about it and I know the science behind right. it and this but just implementing it it might be another trick yeah it's a, it takes somebody who wants to sit there and do that you know right. we, we don't have too many of our clients that like to do that with like their search engine optimizations so we end up doing it for, do it for them well there yeah. you go yeah, yeah. hire so, somebody to do hire that somebody, That's, yeah. maybe so, I need so to so do that <laughs> Look at the analytics. So somebody to do a little analysis and say this is working, this isn't working, yeah, and and tell you what to do. And then there are uh, if you want to get really geeky with this stuff, there's things on a web page called heat zones, isn't it? Or have you heard of that? Where like yeah, it shows you where people are clicking on more than than others, which indicates what's being more effective and right. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty pretty well. It gets pretty in detail. In yeah. Well, good. Well, hey, to also tell us about uh, really uh, just writing a book. You give some people advice on writing a book. Sure. Uh, what? Any quick advice on on that for? Yeah. Well, well of course, like it all depends on. There's it's a little bit different than from for fiction versus nonfiction. So I'll, in a limited time, I'll just address nonfiction. Uh, first of all, um, yeah, and this is something I've done over and over again. So um, basically, you want to figure out what your topic is. Again, dealing with nonfiction, and then think about what the scope of the topic is. Because I think a lot of new authors think that they have to create the end all, be all, complete guide to everything you need to know about whatever you know, gardening or accounting or whatever. It, it, it is and I think once you publish one book you're going to want to do it more so don't think that you have to cover everything in, in one in one book niche it down into a certain aspect of it but think of the think of the scope of what the entire book is going to cover once you've got that clarified then uh, break it down into okay what what sections am I going to have it's really important before you start writing to have a clear outline mm-hmm. uh, even though the outline will change just having that roadmap to begin with will give you a lot more clarity before you dive in and start writing. Uh, and so figure out what's the first thing people are going to know about this topic that you've just decided on. Um, and then go through the steps, arrange the chapters. And then it's, it's like you keep on niching down into details. Once you've got the big umbrella um, uh, t- uh, topic, you make the outline, which gets a little bit more specific. But then within each chapter, you got to break that down to what you're going to cover. And then as you're writing it, just focus on that specific thing. Don't worry about the entire elephant, as they say. Um, you know, get into the minutia of how to describe that particular little aspect that you're writing on that day or that moment. Um, and then and then things will come to you. Like I've gotten to the to, to, to the point where I'll have a chapter topic and I'll go, man, I don't have a lot to say about this. But once I start writing it, it's like, oh yeah, I forgot. Oh, there's a story I could share. Oh, I forgot about that aspect. And suddenly there I got, you know, 3,000 words on that, you know. And you can tell stories and analogies right. you know, just about any point that you come up with once you start 
teaching sure. about it, right? And you can Google things just to come up with things. You don't want to you don't want to plagiarize and copy and paste stuff, but you sure. can get ideas or refer you can reference uh, stories and people without having to get their permission. Uh, of course, if you're taking ver- verbatim a paragraph from a book or something, then you have to get that. Then you have to worry about 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 that. But you can do yeah, you can do re- research and pull from your own life as much as, as possible because that'll be truly unique stories. Um, and then break it down, like you said, into the bullet points and the subheads. Don't just have pages and pages of gray text. You know? Right. Break it up um, and, uh, and make it interesting and you know inviting to to a read. So that's kind of a quick overview. It's great. And yeah. you have a book on how to do this. I do not have. I do not have that yet. I've done talks on some aspects of it, but I need to do that. Though. Okay, yeah. I'm just curious. Yeah, it's, yeah. But you have some material that uh, is one of the things you help people with, right? Uh, yeah, well, uh, not the book writing process other than getting like a workshop on, on it with PowerPoint slides, which I may turn into a course someday now that we're, ta- <laughs> we're talking. Okay. Most of my books and resources are on book promotion. Like, book promotion. So once you have the okay. book published, okay. how do you spread the word? You know, I mean, a lot of the things that we talked about today and then more go into a lot more detail. So there's a book called 55 Ways to Promote and Sell Your Book on the Internet. Oh, great. And I have one called The Gorilla Guide to Book Marketing. And, you know, oh, perfect. So there's a whole, yeah, a whole series of those things. And if you go to bob-baker.com, yeah, and, and, it'll, it'll, and then there's a separate website called fulltimeauthor.com, which I named it since I make a living doing this. You know? That's great. That's yeah, you great. can find a lot of that advice there. I think anybody can take their niche in life. You know, they don't have to necessarily be a writer. You're writing and you're writing about writing and, 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 yeah. and writing is the, the product that you're selling as well. But mm-hmm. but just about anybody, a roofer, a person who makes ice cream, a chiropractor, yeah. a nutritionist, a weight loss person, a, a tax person, uh, an accountant, anybody could write a book on their niche subject. They, they, they could. We almost have to discount what we know about something because it's, we're so close to it. So we think, oh, everybody knows this or what? why would anybody benefit from, from it? But there's usually somebody out there. Um, and so, yeah, you need to figure out that mode or how you're going to, whether you're going to dictate it. There's dictation software. You can do that. Um, you can uh, get hire a ghostwriter or an editor. Um, but you, you do, and it is important to get it into a readable format. So I'm blessed that I've been at this for so long that I, I write pretty cleanly and clearly to begin with. Um, however, most people that don't have that experience will need to hire or know someone who owes them a favor who's, who's actually a really good editor um, to clean their stuff up, make sure that it's clear uh, and it flows in a natural sense and all that stuff. Um, but that's just stuff you have to figure out. Yeah, the, the first, getting your first book out, there's a bit of a learning curve, but it's doable. I mean, I mean it's any, any you know, I, if, uh, there are many people that have, that have done it. And once you get through that process, then the second one's a lot easier. And you just keep learning as you go. Yeah, you know? it's great. I mean, it's pretty, when, one thing that I do that I think helps me a lot with talking about subjects, mm-hmm. if I want to be a good speaker on the subject, I will go and I will read a bunch of resources about that. Mm-hmm. And I'll formulate my own ideas based on what I've studied. Like I know somebody, I heard about a story about somebody who used to be on the college circuit uh, talking about the American Revolution. Mm-hmm. And the way they did it is they read every book that they could under the sun, moon, and stars on the American Revolution. And and, and as a result, they were like, you know, they're, they're an expert. They're yeah. an expert. They also say the best way to learn something or to become an expert is, is to write a book about it. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because in fact, I wrote a book back in uh, uh, the year 2000. It came out in 2001, so it's been a long 
long time, but this company actually approached me to write a book that was called Branding Yourself Online. And I had never thought of, when I thought of branding back then, I thought of corporations and logos and all this stuff. And, but they said, no, we're talking about personal branding and you've done a really good job. Even back then that they saw, and that, so I, I researched and became, and have, after publishing that book, which was an early one on branding online, mm-hmm. um, suddenly I was being approached to do interviews on, on internet branding <laughs> and all That's this right. stuff. And so, and, and I did, I learned a ton by, by researching and writing about it, but don't get too caught. Like a lot of people get into, they get in perpetual planning mode mm-hmm. and you can research so much that you always think, oh, there's something more I need to, but at some point you got to dive in and start doing the, the Do thing and yeah. taking the, the action, just writing. You guys come back and, you know, update it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I totally, yeah, just take something that you're either fascinated with or even have a little bit of experience with and then interview experts too. I mean, people, and you sure. can take transcripts from the interviews and weave them into your book, you know, um, and in addition to the research and then your own, as much of your own personal experience as you can, you can add to it. That sounds great. That's great. Well, good. So whether you decide to write your own stuff, hire a ghostwriter, uh, do your podcast, do your videos, however you're going to put the written word out there on what you do, uh, any, any summation of the value of it in marketing and promotion for people? The value of, uh, of the content? Of, um, yeah, that written content. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, so you've got your... Uh, Think of think of the, the stuff that you create as like there's there's stuff that you create that specifically to be sold you know um, and then then you can either take pieces of that or additional content related to it that's like supplemental you know related material and that's your promotional content and so again you want you for someone to be to be more warm warmed up or receptive to purchasing either your book or your course or whatever you can have an audio program too there's many there's the information products take many many forms it helps if they have a sampling of what you do or they talk to somebody who has already uh, consumed your book and is raving about it that's another thing too so it's, it's directly influencing them when they read a little sample and go oh i like his style oh, i learned something from that i'm gonna buy the whole book or their friends going oh my god you gotta check out i've learned so much from bob's book or whoever that they uh that's that's a that's actually the, the most influential thing that someone can do. So make your stuff so remarkable and helpful that people will not only want to buy it themselves, but they want to talk or share it with their friends because it's good for their friends. Right. You know. That's great. So, I mean, yeah. everybody really has an informational product that they can sell too. And what do you think the value is for the guy that maybe that's not his main thing? He's a roofer or, or a, an accountant or what have you. Why is the written word valuable for him to utilize? Yeah, uh, and so well, so a published book in particular, even if you don't, you're not making a living from the sales, like I, you know, like like I am, because I have a lot of them out there. Uh, that's that's it's a uh, credibility builder having a book out, but the written word, or again, any type of helpful information, like gosh, like if somebody's a roofer, uh, if you can have YouTube videos. Uh, like people are always searching for YouTube about how to patch up this or that or something, you know, gutter related. And if you can give people a little helpful tip um, and, and they see you, oh, I, I know him. I see his face. I hear him speaking. I, and, and he's giving me great ad ad. Vice, and if you can also target that and like put in your local city name in the YouTube title so that it comes up, um, uh, then when somebody because you might show them how to do something, but they still may won't want to do it, just like the you know, the, 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 the what do we call it, the split uh, test thing yeah. we were talking about earlier. People might know it, but they still would rather hire somebody to do it. Sure. So if you show people how to do stuff, they'll 
a number of them will hire you to actually do it. That's if you're a service pro, pro provider. So there's a good way. Yeah, it even works for Shining Shoes. I found a good video on Shining Shoes and, you know, online. Oh, really? And, and yeah, I mean, it would have been, yeah, if they would have been local, I would have dropped some shoes off there. Yeah. It's, <laughs> That's it's, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so all the way down to that, all the way up to roofing. So it's all about being, yeah, being helpful and then and just demonstrating your value. You know, so people come to, and there's this phrase uh, that, that people do business with people they know, like, and trust. Mm -hmm. So if they know you from repeated exposure to, or from exposure to something that you created that helps them, uh, they like you, there's something about them that you that resonates with them, and then they trust you because they've seen you out there and you're, you're just not a fly by night thing, you know. So you can, so that, but that's why this content, whether it's written, spoken, or in video, or even still images, um, that, that all helps to solidify that. That's great. All right, well, great. Bob, thanks for coming. And where's that website one more time? Well, the main one, bob-baker, that's B-A-K-E-R dot com. And then just scroll down and you'll see all the many ways that I can help you. Great. <laughs> so, and if you're a musician, all the better, but for just about anybody, it sounds great. Yeah, authors for uh, for, for, for my, my improv stuff. If you're in St. Louis with you know, class schedules and all that, all that all this stuff, just click on the link that speaks to you. All right, fantastic. Thanks awesome. for coming again. Thank you very much. Hey, so I hope you enjoyed the show. Like I mentioned right before the show, I'm going to give you some tools you can use, some online tools that you can use that will help you with a few different scenarios that you might run into. One of these tools is find the right word. Go to find the right word and we'll put a link to it in the show notes. You can find those words that will be just not overused. You know, you get tired of using the same old word all the time and this will help you to find words that are not overused, but don't get too clever with it. You don't want to alienate your audience. Uh, we'll put the show, a link to an article in the show notes that includes this find the right word. Another tool that we found that was pretty interesting is make it rhyme, which we'll have that in the show notes too. But sometimes those words and phrases that flow, they have a nice rhyme to it are kind of fun to use in various articles. And the last tool I want to give you is a thing called Link Bait Generator. It'll actually help you to generate interesting links and headlines that people are compelled to click on. So that's one other tool. It'll help you get to come up with some ideas. Obviously, you want to put the final polish on it yourself. No matter what these tools do for you, your final input will make a big difference and how well it's received, because it should be real too. It should definitely be your communication. So hey, so I hope you enjoyed today's show. We'll be back next week with some more great guests. And uh, until then, get busy in life and do some real live marketing.